0: We are back, baby. Let's go! Welcome into the pod. It's Kato Sports. Footy's back, 16th of March. It's that first Thursday. Everyone just wakes up a little bit happier. Um, And look, it's been a tough week or so for me. I busted my knee up playing basketball. Little subluxation, kind of like a dislocation. Knee pops out, pops back in. Uh, I went for a Euro step late in the game to win it. We, we were down by a little bit, but I went for the Euro step to try and put the team in a position to win. And foot lands, body doesn't go with it, and that's that's my season done. So I'll have a. I've had a lot more time to really think about the important things in life. Super coach, draft league. What's happening in AFL Existential look at the league itself So I'm really pumped up for this episode uh, I've, I've, I've just got a lovely little morning here I've got my coffee So I'm I'm pumped up I am definitely going to review The Richmond and Carlton game tonight uh, Because it's going to be an absolute cracker I've, I've looked at the two teams pretty, pretty closely Both are really high, highly... They've got a lot of you know buzz coming into this season. Obviously, Richmond have added the two new midfielders, and and Carlton are another year into the Voss era. So that's going to be awesome. But I'm going to kick it off with what I'm most excited for this season because I am excited. There's things I am excited for. Things I'm also going to go for for a category of things that are going to be wary that I'm. That I'm wary might happen and, and might turn, you know, the crowd against the game at, like we always do every every first month or two in the season. We have a couple of moments where, you know, you go, oh, how could the AFL have done this? Or how could this team have done this? So I'll have a couple of those. And then I have got a couple of little quirky ones at the end, which I just think will be interesting. So I wanted to kick off with the team that I'm I'm most excited for. And At the moment, it's it's the Fremantle Dockers. I really, truly think they have all the elements in their team to win the flag. They have now a one-two ruck combination that's that's the up there with the best in the league. It's a Grundy gone, but it's just out west. Jackson and Jackson and Darcy. Their midfield has now developed and is is loaded. Brody, Sarong, and Brayshaw are now all really premium cut midfielders who go and get 30 touches a game, who put their team in a position to win and run defensively. There's a good mix there. Brody's a bit bigger, Sarong, and Brayshaw are a bit smaller, but they're still aggressive at the contest and stuff like that. I love the fact that Nat Fife, a two time Brownlow medalist and an absolute key figure of the last. 15 years in the comp is going to be able to sit at centre-half forward all year and just be a bigger, stronger presence than, than a lot of teams have a matchup for. Their defensive pressure and the, the way they set up defensively is, is the best in the league almost, up there with Geelong and up there with Collingwood. And their coach seems to have a real control of the of the squad. It's not there's not too much stuff getting out. You don't hear too much out of Freo. That's it's not like there's, you know, weird rumors and, and, and stuff like that. It's a solid, solid team. They've got playmakers, you know, forward and back as well. Guys like Liam Henry and guys like Schultz. They're just different types of of players that, you know, a lot of guy a lot of people in Melbourne don't really know about these guys. And I think as they win a lot of games this year, I think their first five or six games they'll be six and zero, five and zero, something like that. They 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 in the first month they're really going to show everyone how good they are. They've got some, you know, bottom eight sides from last year and 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 bottom ten sides from last year that they're going to play, and they'll they should just clean them up. So I would, I think it's. I'm on the Fremantle train. I've been on it for a year or two now because I've liked the way they've set their whole team up. I think it's going to be a uh, huge, huge year for them. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for them to get on the board with their first game against St Kilda this week. Another thing that I'm excited for, probably uh, again going into state, is Buddy Franklin's last season. He's my favourite player of all time. Uh, I think the Buddy show is just... It's just like nothing I've ever seen before. The way he commands himself on the field. I went up to Sydney. I saw the 1,000th goal. I was there when he kicked his 100th goal. I was there when he won his two flags. He's a Hall of Fame all-time player. He He will join the greats in the AFL you know legends hall of fame he's just been that much of an impact on on the game you know he's kicked goals that are just some of the craziest goals you'll ever see in your life he's taken marks he's ripped games apart in quarters it's it's been a spectacular ride so I'm really excited to watch Buddy's last season and I hope that he uh you know, just continues the way he has, and, and 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 has a, you know, hopefully he probably won't play every game, but hopefully he plays a good chunk of games, and um, I think everyone will just be happy to watch Buddy run around and uh, just destroy everyone as he always does. I, I, even now, in his, God, what season is it for him? His nineteenth, eighteenth, or nineteenth season? He still commands the forward line so well and pulls defenders across and opens up lanes for Papley and Heaney and now Logan McDonald. So yeah, I am, uh, I'm pumped for buddy. Another excitement for me this season. God, I I think that the Raoul-Ando-Took-Miller combination at Gold Coast is just going to be fun. They are all, those two boys are ready to take the next step they're ready to start hitting the scoreboard and, and, and putting teams away themselves. I think we know how good Took is. We know how much of a defensive runner he is. We know how hard he works every game. But, you know, Ando's a little bit classier. He's just a really good ball user. And Rouse just the toughest dude you've ever met. Like, looks, you know, just got that look about him. He's just a little bit, you know, red, fiery, strong, beefy dude if those two boys can just you know really take the midfield and 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 and, and take gold coast whole team and their whole club with them cuz that's why they got drafted the reason they drafted those two boys together from Kerry Baptist grammar they got the two boys together and sent them up there cuz they wanted them to work together to pull the whole gold coast thing along because Took's been keeping keeping it afloat you know he's been keeping the whole Ship steady and not completely sinking into oblivion But these two guys were there to take the club to the next step And that's what we want Gold Coast to do We want Gold Coast to play finals they're a, they're a good team They've got some good young players They've got some good older players as well They've got guys that have been around for a while now And they've just never been able to just take that one step up So hopefully those two boys can just, you know Push them up, get them into the finals, get them close to the finals, um, and have them playing in some meaningful games so that they're, you know, the whole sport will, will take a lift if Gold Coast, you know, gets up. And I think you can't be anything but happy for Gold Coast. They're a good team, they try hard, they have a few things going against them. They've lost a lot of great players over the years just because, you know, different reasons, but. Hopefully, Gold Coast can get on the right track, and I think Raul and Ando are the two boys to do it for him. Things I'm wary of going into this season. Now, I covered this earlier in an earlier podcast, but the AFL needs to absolutely... The, the league is as even at the moment as you'll you'll ever see. You look at the ladder to start the season and go, jeez, picking a top eight's impossible. Picking a top four is impossible. You know, people have got, you know, their bottom four they're just relying on last year. They're not really, they don't really know where they're at. There's teams that have got, you know, I look at every ladder and it's completely different. So the the evenness in the league is is very apparent, which is me mean, which means we're gonna get close games this year. And the league needs to make sure they do as much as they can to not let big umpiring decisions decide games and that's not just the last five minutes of the game when an umpire makes a decision it's when an umpire gives an absolutely trivial dis- you know call that ends up in a 50 that ends up in a shot and goal and a goal for a team it can be in any quarter of the game because you go on runs as team and you put in effort and you do this and you do that and the umpire goes oh yeah then that's 50 and you go are you serious that's 50. These guys have been battling it out for the last 20 minutes. There's been two goals kicked in the quarter. They've killed each other and you've plucked a 50 from nowhere and completely changed the momentum of the game. So let's just hold off on the 50 metre penalties. Give the players a second, give them some time, give them a warning, get them out. We don't need the game. The game moves quickly now, quicker than ever. You watch every team play in the preseason. Hawthorne have got this young team, the ball flies up and down the field. Sydney have got this team that just the ball pings, moves at absolute speed. Adelaide have just completely restructured the way that they, they do things and their ball movement is just unbelievably quick. North, you watch North in a couple of preseason games, the ball's flying. So The young teams, the teams that even aren't that good, their ball movement's moving quick. We've seen how quick Collingwood and Geelong and Melbourne have moved the ball over the last few years. Brisbane, when they're downhill skiing, they fly. The ball's going to move quickly. We don't need 50-metre penalties to speed the game up. It's already quick enough at the moment. So I just don't want there to be too many 50-metre penalties that derail games. The other thing that I, I am wary of is because of the speed of the game, because teams move quickly, a, a real warning sign is going to be around concussion. I think we've seen just in the last week or two that Max Rook and, and Pickin have come out and said, look, we're, we're, we weren't treated right, our concussions weren't right. And in other sports that I've watched over the last you know 12 to 18 months, concussion is... A real thing, and it really does affect people. And if you send a player out there at any at any point when they have that concussion, any type of concussion or level, you're you're putting the league in, 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 in danger, you're absolutely putting the, the players' livelihood in danger. And we've seen what happens to to sportsmen across multiple sports after they finish their careers. They have memory loss. They get angry in situations. Their relationships with their partners and their kids all kind of falls apart. And with the speed the game moves, with the way that people attack the game, with the way that we want people to attack the game, it's going to end in calamities. In the preseason, we saw Jordan Dugowie tackle Lloyd Meek. And look, there wasn't anything malicious in it at all. It's just the way Jordan Dugowie's been doing it. I played Jordan Dugowie in in junior footy. He hit people hard. That's how he goes. He hits them hard. You get tackled by Jordan Dugowie, you know you got tackled by Jordan Dugowie. But as that guy's coming down, if you're not absolutely careful with how he's gone down in that tackle, or you're not absolutely careful with how you come into a marking contest, or how you bump a player... Injuries are going to happen And uh, I am just a bit scared That these injuries will, will will build up Just because of how 360 the AFL game is How quick people are coming out each other How big the bodies are It just, you know We require players to move at lightning pace And it, it just will lead to, to injuries So I am wary of that concu- concussion And kind of big head injury Scares that will will we'll develop over the season. God, there's a lot of good stuff today. I mean, uh, uh, there's a couple of weird quirks that that are just going to be uh you know, we're all excited to see and see how it pans out. This new Richmond midfield. I'll cover the game now. So we got Richmond Carlton tonight. I'm I'm pumped up because in my book Carlton shouldn't lose. There is no way Carlton should lose this game. They should win. A lot of games this year, and this is one they shouldn't lose. Richmond have got a new-look midfield. I know Richmond are a premiership side. I know they've got, all the, they've got a lot of talented players. They've got a really strong core of players. But this is, you know, two years in the making for Carlton. They've got the best forward line in the league. They've got one of the best midfields in the league. They've got a strong back line. They've got first-round picks everywhere. The team is ready to explode and if they come out in round one against a new look Richmond side that's finding their way, and Richmond are able to, 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 to if Colton allows guys like Dusty and Bolton to take over, take over the game, if they allow, you know, Toronto to get a, to be more uh, contested and win more contested balls than your guys Kennedy and Chera, and um, and Hewitt, if you're allowing them to do that. Then there's going to be a lot that's, oh god, oh, there'll be warning signs of Carlton. There were warning signs in the preseason game against Sydney when they didn't have Crips play for one game and they got whacked by by the Swans. And Goulden just run wild. And and you know you see someone like a like a Bolton, he could run wild tonight unless you stop him. So. You know, you hope that they bring in a stopper, Carlton, and, and there's someone watching who's who's having an impact right now. Is it Bolton? Is it Martin? You know, are our midfield tough as they were at the start of last season? Hopefully, they will be. But this is Carlton's season to lose. They they they're ready to go. So I really think Carlton should win by a, a couple of goals, three or four goals. Um, not to say that I think Richmond's going to be a bad team. I think they're going to be a great team, but. I really think the Carlton—they've got the team, they've got the coach, they've got the setup. They've—they've they've had a system, a year in the system. It's—it's it's go time. So, I—I uh, I think that looking at the two teams matched up against each other, we've seen that maybe two to three years ago, Richmond had the had the the uh, the run on them, and Richmond were the better team, and and and. That showed, but we saw last season Carlton took over and we know Curnow can take over games and he's a hard matchup. We know that Mackay can take over games and he's a hard matchup. And I don't think that Richmond probably has the strength in the back line to go with those two big pieces. Uh, midfield will be tight and close and you know we know how good Prestia and Cochin and, and Taranto and Hopper are at winning close balls and we know how good Martin and, and Bolton get on the outside and we know how good... Cripper is, and and Hewitt and Kennedy in the middle, and we know how good Walsh is on the outside, and they get good run from their back line from from Saad, and they get good run in their forward line from from Fisher, so again, going to be a really tough game, I think Carlton probably has a little bit more cream in terms of just quality players in their prime to win this one, Uh, but then again, come on, who's... Who's saying that Richmond's out of this? No one is. Richmond are a really good team. They've got a, one of the great coaches of our era. They've got the best player of our era and, uh, you know, one of the best captains of our era. They're just a really solid football team and they've been able to show that it's not about the best player in their team, it's about the 22. That's how they won all their games and they've improved their 22 going into this season. So definitely not counting Richmond out, but I'm going to tip the Blues by two goals. Some other quirky stuff to get on the pod just to to finish up the episode. Um, My top three tips for this week. So I'm going to do a kind of like a blazing three or, you know, Kato's captain's bullets. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Um, You know, count on Kato. Maybe it'll be that. Count on Kato. Three tips for the week. So i'm I'm a betting man in some aspects of life, but when it comes to AFL, I don't try to look at the odds too much. I like to look at the matchups and then look at the odds later and go, oh well that's there's an outlier there or oh, there's an outlier there. I really think that the three teams that I'm betting this week because I think that they're just way underpriced is... I'm tipping the Crows against GWS. They're paying $2.20. They've had an awesome preseason. Their forward line looks like it's about to explode. Fogarty is going off. Philthorpe's ready to go. they brought in Rankin. They've got Rochelle, who showed how classy he was last year. This team's awesome. This Crows team is awesome. They're going to have, you know, solid play through the midfield with Sloan back and Laird ready to go. I just don't see them losing to a GWS team with a new coach who just lost two main midfielders who've got to really figure it out again. It's going to put more stress on Cornelio and Kelly and these guys So and Tommy Green. So I just think Crows are going to come out and win. I think that's that. my round one pick. I've got the Crows. So my other big tip, I think Fremantle smashes uh, St Kilda. I don't think... St Kilda—they've got a lot of injuries. They've got a new coach. They're really working. They'll work their way into the season. I don't see young guys that are really progressing up in through their team. Uh, you know, they—they they speak during the way that they're going to play Tom Campbell at ruck. You go, oh God, Campbell versus Jackson. It's there's matchups that just don't work. Um, the class in the midfield, Fremantle wins. I don't think that the. Saints back line is probably dynamic enough to keep up with the small and moving parts in the 3-0 forward line. So I think Fremantle wins that one. So that so I've got my dog in the Crows, who we're underdogs now now. Uh, I've gone for a favorite in in the uh, in the Dockers. And then I'm gonna take another favorite. I'm gonna take the Swans. I think a dollar sixty against a Gold Coast team. As much as I like Gold Coast, and I think they'll Come up and have a really good season. I think Sydney have shown they're, they're ready to win the flag again and compete and get back to it. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a early season great start for Gold Coast. I think the Swans will come out and probably whack them. So I've got Swans, Frere, and my dog is the Crows this week. Uh, obviously, I'm a Hawthorne supporter, so I hope we whack Essendon on Sunday. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to the pod, guys. Gonna be a sick, sick, sick weekend. Everyone's gonna be, I'm gonna be fucked with my knee, so I'm gonna be on the couch all weekend gagging. Um might hobble over to the G for the Hawks game, but uh other than that, ping me a message if you need Supercoach, if you want a, an entry into a supercoach league, I've got one spot left. And uh yeah, happy, happy round one boys and girls.